0: Welcome to the Butts in the Seats podcast, episode Super Bit 64. Oh, God. <laughs> I like only you do that once, come on.
1: I guess, but,
0: ugh. I'm Nick alongside Emily.
1: Uh,
0: Emily, I feel like you're doing worse now that I made that joke.
1: I didn't want to talk about this episode, and now you've made a Mario joke, and I'm like, there's a fucking Pokemon joke in this episode, isn't there?
0: Maybe. <laughs> <Baby. laughs>
1: I'm ready for it now.
0: Yeah, it's been a uh, tumultuous day. Oh, trying to get dishwashers installed from Home Depot. Don't get
1: me started on appliance installers. I have a beef with Home Depot right now. Home Depot, if you want to sponsor this podcast, No.
0: Pass. To be fair, I've never heard of them sponsor a podcast. I
1: don't care. I just want them to know. I am not interested.
0: I've just been on hold enough to know that Home Depot cares about the next generation. Next generation of, of technology. <laughs> and the next generation that's sitting in your card. <laughs>
1: Good lord. I, but like, I, they, I, 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 they
0: also play that in the store, and I like I had like PTSD. I'm like, I know. I've, I've heard <laughs> this on hold.
1: <laughs> uh.
0: And that's also how I think both of us feel about this episode. Oh so.
1: my god. I, we Okay. Full disclosure, we watched the first like half an hour, if that might be gracious, of this episode a week ago. And we got tired and we got bored and we were like not into this. So we put it off and then we did a whole bunch of other stuff. Nick traveled.
0: Pokemon came out. Pokemon
1: came out. And then we're like, ah shit, we gotta record the next podcast. We should probably pop back into that. So we watched 90% of this episode yesterday when recording. The other 10%? Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we are recording this the day before Thanksgiving, and it, it, will, it will be out within a week.
1: So we're not time we're not dating ourselves too much, no. so that's good.
0: Ugh, Emily, uh, how'd you feel about this Nitro? <sighs> it's awful. This
1: was, this was hard to get through. Yeah,
0: I find it kind of interesting that people were like, yeah, it's not a bad show. I'm like...
1: This was tough to get through.
0: Yeah, it it, it feels a little mellowed out from the weeks previously, but not in a good way.
1: So here's the way I can cite it. When we are preparing to do these recordings, we can watch the show and garner a little bit of entertainment out of it. We can find the gleam of entertainment. We can have a good night when we're watching and have fun and we can make jokes and, you know, enjoy ourselves while we're doing work for this podcast. This just felt like work. This felt like we came home from our office jobs and we're like, fuck, we got to put in two more hours of work.
0: A little bit. Yeah, because I tried watching this on my own at yeah. first, just like, oh, I'm not going to take this, I'm just going to watch it. I got literally, literally to the point where we got that first day and I was like, just watch it for the podcast. Not
1: doing this again. Oh, it was, it was hard. This was hard to get through and this is not going to be a fun recording session. I'm sorry.
0: In terms of other people who are just fed up and done, uh, I'm going to say a name to you that you've heard on the podcast before, Harvey Schiller.
1: Have I heard that name?
0: He, he, Eric Bischoff's mentioned to him, like, you can tell Harvey Schiller, you can tell whoever, I don't care.
1: Oh, I don't think I've, I don't think I registered it in my brain, but I believe you.
0: He is a Turner executive. Oh, uh, okay. Who...
1: Is he the powers that be? No. Ah.
0: Especially not anymore. He's just leaving his job. Ah, good. He is going to work for George Steinbrenner, but he was a major advocate for WCW in terms of Turner broadcasting.
1: Who is George Steinbrenner?
0: He is the former owner of the New York Yankees until he ah. passed away, and his son now owns it. Nice. So yeah, Harvey Schiller has quit, and people are like, oh, okay, what's that going to mean for Nitro staying on the air?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, this show should have died a painful death a lot sooner than it did, let real. Emily,
0: we're 18 months out. I know,
1: that. and honestly, it should be dead now. <laughs> yeah. It should die. Let it die.
0: And Kylo Emily over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every day I wake up and I wish you were dead.
0: We're talking about not dating this podcast. Uh, I think it's chilled out, but as of recording this, Twitter is still a thing. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think that's cooled out. Remember last week when it was like, I ripped Twitter? Uh, it
1: hasn't really cooled.
0: People, I guess, have just, have just said their goodbyes. I don't know.
1: Um, If you guys are looking to follow us on social media, follow us on The Hive. <laughs>
0: Follow us on Truth Social. Absolutely fucking
1: not. I did make myself an account on Hive and Mastodon just to like see what those are about because those are the two that they're talking about.
0: Find us on Bumble BFF.
1: (laughs) Oh, what if? That'd be fun. Another notable thing that'll happen by the time this podcast comes out. When this podcast comes out, I will be a year older and a year wiser. Yes. I have another birthday coming around the bend.
0: Emily's birthday is two days after Thanksgiving.
1: Woo. I'm going to be 28. I'm in my late 20s, baby. You already are. You could count 27 as mid-20s. Yeah,
0: if you're clinging to your yeah. mid-20s.
1: But you can't cling to that anymore when you're 28. I'm in my late 20s, baby.
0: I don't know. Based on your math skills, sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, 28 rounds down to 20. I've like, been when... calling
1: myself 30 for the last like year, though, so this is kind of weird. I'm like, I can't do that. I'm 30.
0: Other backstage news notes. I swear to God, it, it finally actually happened. It seems like Rey Mysterio has hurt his knee on the set of uh, Ready to Rumble, a.k.a. Sure? Slam. Yes. I think I've read it in like in like a future sentence, and this is the week where it's like, okay. Either the week before or the week of this, okay. he has officially like hurt his meniscus.
1: Meniscus?
0: <laughs> th- his meniscus, you say? <laughs> I th- that's too inside a I joke for you I to happened. explain. In short, liquid physics are bullshit.
1: <laughs> oh, but you said that it was called Slam. We'll get into so, that as
0: we... Uh, I
1: was going to ask questions. Okay.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that as we go along. So let's get into this episode. If, yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I was going to say, if we must. It is the November 1st, WCW Monday Nitro. We're almost at 2000.
1: Kind of. We still have two months. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's closer to 2000 than it is to 99. So at or this, 98, fuck.
1: <laughs> at this time, in real world 1999, there is currently panic in the world over Y2K. When did what they, they really should have be been worried about is Y2J. No.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's already debuted in Yeah, WF. I know. I mean, I feel like that started before this.
1: Well, this is like two months out from when the world is supposedly going to end. Like, it, this is full-blown panic at this point. The computers are going to take over. The world is going to end. The stock market is going to crash.
0: No, the, everyone's poor. At the it, end. it wasn't the computers were going to take over. The computers were going to die.
1: The Computers were going to crash. Yeah. Yeah. The world economy was going to fall apart because the computers didn't know how to compute zero zero as the year. Literally, I think that's what I, that's what Y two K is.
0: You say that like you're unsure. That that is what that it is. is what, okay, yeah. I
1: was. I that's what I assumed it to be. That's yeah. what I. I that's what I understood it to be. I didn't. I never researched it. Yeah.
0: So. yeah but this is the November first Monday Nitro live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. This show did a three point two to Raw's five point nine. Woof. I did peek a little bit ahead at the ratings. They actually managed to hit a three as late as September of next year. Really? Yeah. I thought it crashed way more. It's the pay per view buy rates that really crash. And almost kind of already have.
1: So I wonder if the ratings are just curiosity watchers that are flipping between Nitro and um, and Raw.
0: I, it's probably a bit of that in people who just, it's part of their routine. I mean. Maybe. Maybe. I think of the show that I didn't even watch. My parents did True Blood.
1: Your parents watched True Blood.
0: Yeah, and your they,
1: parents don't strike me as True Blood. And people. I think
0: they watched all of it, and they kept telling me like, "Oh, it's awful." I'm like, "Just stop. You can stop." <laughs> oh, again, my
1: parents did that with a show too. Now I can't remember what it was. Game yeah. of Thrones. No, <laughs> no, it was so it was a network show. Walking Dead, maybe. I don't know. It might have been Walking Dead. Oh yeah,
0: that finale just happened.
1: Of the series. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, wrestling.
0: Yeah, let's get it into the show. Uh, we start backstage. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are confronted by Bret Hart. I think we see him on crutches at this point. He's
1: limping for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're like, he's like, "Why'd you interfere in my match? I don't need your help. Stay out of my business." No, no, you
1: got groins.
0: We then get the Nitro opening and the opening pyro. Tony and Bobby check in on commentary, and God, the closer we get to 2000, the more I'm like, okay, when's Bobby done?
1: Oh, does Bobby not make it to the end?
0: Bobby makes it the end, not his lead color commentator.
1: Who takes over?
0: I think as soon as we start seeing Mark Madden join the... join the. Uh...
1: Who is Mark Madden?
0: <laughs> oh, careful. If we talk about oh, him too much, no. he'll tweet at us. Oh, no! <laughs> he's one of those people. Oh, no! <laughs> so I'll be sure to put him in the... Uh... Tag him in the description. <laughs> yeah. It'd be the only time where I actually edit the description to like, put the at.
1: Yes. Tag him.
0: I don't know if he's the same Mark Madden who is... Uh... Active in Pittsburgh, kind of like sports talk world, who's also a dickhead. I don't know if it's the same Mark oh, Madden. No. In <laughs> I, relation
1: to John Madden? No. Okay. We're tangenting a lot tonight.
0: Yeah. So, Bret Hart comes out on crutches. He says, first off, he didn't build his reputation by screwing people. And notes that Bill Goldberg got screwed last week. And I'm like, God, all this compassion for Bret Hart about Bill Goldberg. I'm like, oh, this is weird.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, this is the last time we ever
0: spoke kindly of Bill Goldberg. He actually spoke kindly of him not in the last couple of years, but like yeah. up until a couple of years ago, it was like, what I don't. happened. Well, honestly, we're so close to getting to it in WCW. Oh, really? <laughs> we're so close. Oh. We'll have a deep talk about it when we get to it.
1: Can we watch a documentary? Is there a documentary to watch, please?
0: Not yet. Oh, come on. There's I will. Nothing? I will make you read a bunch of uh, Bret Hart Buries This yes. p- uh, comments.
1: Down. I'll do it. I'll even recite some on the podcast.
0: Oh, and we talked about Billy Gunfax, facts, and this is my um, semi-annual r- reminder to you that there's a Twitter account called Is Tess Still Dead?
1: God. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes.
0: Brett then calls Sid... Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, scum. He also says that Goldberg is still the U.S. champion to him, and he doesn't want to win a title like that.
1: Goldberg's still the champion in my heart, my Bret heart. I'm sorry.
0: Sid comes out shouting over his own music and says the belt belongs to him.
1: In what world? Okay, go on. When did did th- I miss th- something?
0: Well, you're the one who on the on the fucking episode was like, well, he didn't he didn't actually lose, so he shouldn't lost the lost the belt. Yeah, you were defending okay, this, and these now are you're semantics. You're yeah.
1: right. You're right. You're right. Okay, I'll yeah. eat my words.
0: Yeah. So that's a fair argument. And then he's okay. like, "Well, I heard Goldberg say I quit, so uh, I should should have won." Like, what?
1: Okay. You
0: lost me there, bud.
1: You had me, and you lost me.
0: Also, I just realized he's like, "I'll show that clip later in the show."
1: We never saw that clip. <laughs> yeah. Wait, he never came. did. He ever come back out to the ring for like a promo or anything?
0: Not for a promo. I think he comes Yeah, out out for a
1: match. Huh.
0: Yeah. So Sid wants his belt back and uh, there's a great exchange of screw you Sid, screw your crippled ass. <laughs> oh my god. And Sid clotheslines and beats down Brett. Hall and Nash come out as Sid is about to powerbomb Brett. Why? They give Sid the belt and they don't do much of They don't any- do anything. They do nothing. They don't really do anything to Brett and Brett doesn't do anything to them throughout this show, I noted.
1: What are you implying?
0: I don't know yet. Huh. Something's up.
1: Like backstage something up or storyline something story up? Storyline something oh, okay. up. okay. I
0: don't know. I'm, I'm
1: more interested in the backstage. There
0: m- there might be some cahoots.
1: Are they in cahoots?
0: So, Sid is now walking around with the US title. This will come up later. Great. So, Tony and Bobby check in from the commentary desk and note that there's a steel cage above the ring, which I actually appreciated as opposed yeah. to like... Oh, let's pretend it's not there and I challenge you to a cage match. It's like, no. No, it's there. Like, clearly there's a plan for something.
1: Although the reveal of it later does kind of make it seem like, oh, you did this? No, we have this. Like, it's kind of a reveal in no. the way he says it. I I feel.
0: No, He the way he delivers that line, I So was, I was paying attention to it, is we have this later. It's not I'm challenging you to this. Okay. Like, he was aware. The audience wasn't. So it, it's a little bit of a lame delivery on that front. But Okay. So Tony and Bobby chat the tournament. Uh, I did note that DDP advanced last week because we yeah. were talking about the David Flair DDP match. Like I don't know who won. I guess technically DDP did.
1: With the beatdown, I guess he like DQ on a technicality. Yeah.
0: So the matches for tonight are Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko. That'll be in a steel cage. Medusa versus Evan Courageous in what's sure to be a five-star classic. Our main event, Scott Hall versus Sid Vicious. We also get The Cat versus Lash LaRue. Buff Bagwell versus Stevie Ray, Vampiro versus Berlin, The Disco Inferno versus Kurt Hennig, and Booker T versus Jeff Jarrett.
1: I actually made my predictions for who wins each of those matches. I wonder how right I was. I haven't looked back on it yet, so we'll see. Okay. But I did share my thoughts on the Medusa Courageous match on our Twitter over at ButtsInThePod at Twitter.com. Those are my notes in full, friends. That's (laughs) it. Yes. I posted that when the match was over. So it's, it's a banger.
0: Let's move forward backstage. The revolution waited for Perry Saturn and Tori Wilson to arrive. She's still a hostage.
1: <laughs> That's the phrase I was thinking of. I I keep writing, she's still kidnapped. No, she's a hostage. You're right. Yeah. She is collateral for some reason.
0: Tony Shawani then throws to a, a Randy Savage clip from last week. Still no follow-up. Don't hold your breath on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the clip is all about like who he's going to pass the torch to. We'll never know. We'll never know. Who was his plan even? I,
0: I, no one's ever found out.
1: <laughs> and we never will because he died. Damn.
0: Well, I figured this is more of a Russo thing.
1: I guess, but we could at least like tweet at him and be like, hey, Randy, who who were you talking to there?
0: So let's go to our first match. It's in the tournament. It's Vampiro versus Berlin with the wall. The two trade quick holds back and forth. Vampiro gets the ropes and Berlin hits a back suplex.
1: Lots of uh, USA chance for the two... Non-Americans. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, because Berlin is from... Berlin. And Vampiro is from...
1: I think Mexico City?
0: Transylvania, please.
1: Oh my... No. <laughs> He's billed from Mexico.
0: It's the best joke i to have this week.
1: Yikes. That was a good one, though. Good job.
0: Vampiro hits a spin kick, but Berlin counters it with a power slam. Then we get the Misfits coming out, which is not a wrestling group. It's the band.
1: Oh, they're a band? Oh, so yeah. this really is just the ICP take two.
0: Yes. Oh. It's funny. I've, I probably know a couple of Misfit songs. They have a very like famous shirt in terms of like music culture.
1: Okay. I'm trying to craft a um, Rudolph joke in my brain right now, and I can't get there.
0: Oh, we're a couple of Misfits?
1: We're all Misfits. <laughs> Here on the island of Misfit toys.
0: Oh, I was thinking- Here we don't
1: want to stay.
0: I was thinking uh, original Rudolph, where it's like, why am I such a Misfit? <laughs>
1: I am not just a nitwit wit.
0: <laughs> That's our fucking outro music right there baby.
1: That's a deep cut.
0: Yeah, it is random that the misfits come out. Berlin stays on offense. We get a mule kick from Vampiro, but Berlin regains control. He then accidentally bumps the ref. the wall interferes, but the misfits stop him and vampiro hits the wall with a chair. Berlin counters the top rope move with a drop kick and follows up with a high knee. Berlin then tries for a slam, but the Misfits trip him up and hold him down for the pin. So Vampiro wins and bails up the ramp with the Misfits, and Berlin closes the segment by saying, screw USA.
1: Get it? Because screw you. Screw USA. You, Did you get it?
0: This was a match.
1: Yeah. I was wrong. I was wrong in my uh, winner prediction.
0: I do have to laugh at um, Berlin losing on pay-per-view, Brad Armstrong winning, and Brad Armstrong not being part of the tournament. <laughs>
1: Well, Brad Armstrong has to go and develop his personality.
0: Yeah, there was a note about that as well. Um, Oh, really? Get ready for him to come do a road dog impression.
1: So he did go talk to his brother. Apparently. So he did exactly what he was told to do. He went and consulted his brother. Just not the brother that WCW wanted him to talk to.
0: Okay, I think you fundamentally misunderstood what that segment was no, last week. In
1: that segment, no, he, was...
0: he was saying that people were mocking him. Like, go talk to your brother to get a personality. Talking oh, was about it a
1: mocking things. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like actual. No, advice. no,
0: people were making fun of him for oh. being bland and it's like go talk to your brother about being getting a personality. So
1: I thought I thought the WCW executives were telling him you need to talk to Scott and be and figure no. out your personality. No. Oh, I that. Right over my head. All right.
0: Yeah, let's move on. We get a uh, Hall and Nash chatting about how Nash can't be at ringside because he doesn't have a manager's license.
1: So he's just going to become a promoter?
0: See, I was like, what if I'm your promoter?
1: Not your manager. Yeah. Hmm. Who's a famous promoter?
0: We'll come back to that a fucking lot.
1: What if he came out doing a Paul Heyman impression? Would that have been better? I think I would have enjoyed it more.
0: The big show did one like, once.
1: See, I can see that.
0: Well, people like, it was good. And I'm like, was it?
1: Yeah, I don't believe that. It, yeah. Big Show's a lot of things. A good actor is not one of them.
0: Wait, are you forgetting about his uh, post-WrestleMania 2000 run where he just did impressions? Oh, I remember. And that was his gimmick?
1: I remember. And did you, are you forgetting about the Big Show show? The Big <laughs> Show 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 show?
0: Did we even finish that?
1: No, we watched like two episodes. <laughs> if that.
0: Backstage, the revolution, just hold Tori in a cage.
1: Cause sure.
0: Then they come out, Shane Douglas quotes the Beatles a little bit and talking about a revolution.
1: Well, you know,
0: and then implies they slash the filthy animals' tires, which really doesn't come up to anything because they show up in not quite the next segment, but there's a little backstage bit in between.
1: But also, like confessing to a crime—that's cool. Did
0: you you forget what the filthy animals did last (laughs) week? I
1: know, but still, like stupid. Stop being stupid.
0: So, Perry says he's not done with Eddie Guerrero yet, and he challenges Eddie to a pole match.
1: It's a pole match.
0: It took three weeks.
1: It's a pole match. We get a pole match and a cage match in this episode.
0: Why are you so excited for a pole match?
1: I don't know. I like pole what, matches. What are
0: you, Vince Russo?
1: The first pole match I remember watching. Do you know it's,
0: what it was? It's, wait, what you're thinking of is not is not a pole match.
1: Pepper on a pole?
0: Oh, Pepper on a pole. Sorry. Pepper
1: on a pole. It's a pole match.
0: I thought you were talking boy at a pole.
1: Pepper on a pole is a pole match.
0: I thought you were talking Eddie and Ray. In the that
1: is the first pole match I ever saw. That is the first feud that I remember really understanding in our wash through of wrestling started four years ago. Bossman and Al Snow over Pepper the Dog. No, I the, will never no, forget. The
0: remains of Pepper.
1: <laughs> the dog overall.
0: No, the dog was dead at that point. It was a doggy bag. At that
1: point, yeah. But it started when the uh, dog was alive. Well, saying, the entirety of the feud is what I, I remember.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm saying, by the time that match happened, the, the, the dog was no more. <laughs>
1: yes, but I remember it the inception. to be. It's an
0: ex-parrot.
1: <laughs> I remember the inception of that feud. And I think it's one of my favorite feuds. It's horrible, but it's I think it's one of my favorite feuds. Oh, it's a great feud. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, honestly. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> there is a great argument to be made about which boss man feud is better between Al Snow and the Big Show.
1: What's the, oh, the the dad thing? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, we really are going on tangents tonight.
1: I just want to talk about good wrestling. I don't give a shit about this fucking show.
0: So Perry challenges Eddie to a pole match. If Perry wins, he's going to scale Tori.
1: What does that mean? I don't know. What does that imply?
0: Um, I think just murder in scale general. Scale
1: her? Okay, so here's my thing. Is he scaling her like a fish, or, or is he scaling her like a tree? <laughs> I was thinking. Is that. he going to climb her or skin her? Which Which of the
0: two? If it's the second one, he's lucky it's not Stacey Keebler because he'd still be climbing them <laughs> legs.
1: <laughs> Those legs have not stopped. Legs, four days and days and days.
0: So Team Malenko grabs the mic and says that Chris Benoit's too soft, and tonight he's gonna cripple him.
1: Yeah, Benoit's too soft. That's that's right. Hundred percent
0: agreed. Every now and again I'm just like, I'm really happy we're gonna be done with Chris Benoit in the near future. He's
1: yeah. Just, yeah.
0: Like it's fine until it's like, oh yeah It's fine
1: until they do something like say this shit or he does a giant death defying headbutt move. Yeah. And I'm like, we need to not do this anymore. Or
0: Eve, like I got squeamish just of them going like suicide dive by Chris Benoit. I'm like Awful. oh Awful. Ugh, just, yes. Yeah, but we we will get to have an uncomfortable moment in his match later. So look forward to that, everybody.
1: <laughs> Nothing but lols here.
0: Oh God, yeah. And then oh. I'm I'm looking ahead at my notes for this because um, Benoit then comes out. He says, "Looks like you guys have de- have developed a cage fetish, which is good because our match tonight's a cage match." It's like, okay. Okay. And then he says, "Tonight you'll learn what silent but violent is all about." Mm. Like,
1: I th- I thought he said something like, you'll learn what it's like to be silenced by violence.
0: Uh, no, it was silent by violence. Okay.
1: Because the one I heard was worse. <laughs> Fuck.
0: You haven't said it in a while, but Emily has described yourself as occasionally getting squishy.
1: Oh, I'm very squishy.
0: And uh, this is one of the moments where we're like... Mm-hmm.
1: Let me define squishy for the listeners. Yeah. Squishy is when you see something uncomfortable on the screen. Like if you, I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. By the way, or, it, like, it, it's literally
0: just squeamish, is what it is.
1: But it's not like I can't watch it. I just convulse into myself. Like I am. I'm trying to be a turtle going back into its shell. It's when I see like Biggie's neck breaking. Couldn't watch that. Like Nick will tell me when wrestlers are getting injured in the ring. Can't watch it. Arms breaking, necks breaking, backs breaking. I can't.
0: Ugh. For all the listeners, I am going to make Emily watch Emily. You have about three or four years. The Sid injury right at the end of the podcast, and by end of the podcast, I mean like us watching nitros. Oh no! There's one in like the last pay per view. Oh, which why? is the most horrific injury I think anyone's ever seen and in wrestling.
1: And for what? And for what? Yeah,
0: I'm gonna make. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna basically Clockwork Orange. Emily, and make her watch it. <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, Backstage, Kevin Nash gets prosthetics put on him. But we'll... we don't get to see his face yet. No, he's talking about a cleft chin. Then we get the filthy animals arriving, and security stops them. It's like, we need to see your passes. So they just beat the guy down.
1: Okay, which I have a fundamental issue with. This man is just doing his damn job. Sure, we're not living in post-2001 America at this point, but he's just a security guard.
0: Yeah, I- I'm with you. but also... You should have
1: a badge.
0: Yeah, Well, where would they got the badges from? Because the the badges rotate show to show.
1: Okay, well, if the company was running professionally and well, a HR person or a producer or somebody should have given them badges.
0: The fact that they're mostly naked is usually like, okay, they're a wrestler.
1: That's a loophole. I don't like that. I don't like that. So you're telling me that if I showed up to the arena when a wrestling show is happening and I just happened to show up in wrestling attire, they would just let me in?
0: I'm telling you, if you show up in all black holding a wrench, they'll probably let you in.
1: (laughs) That's so scary. <laughs> but most
0: places are like that.
1: <laughs> That's so scary.
0: Tony Schiavone then throws to a clip of David Flair and DDP from last week. And then Mike tonight interviews Kimberly and the Nitro girls are there too.
1: For support.
0: Today asks about DDP and Kimberly says he's hurt. And he's like, I don't know when he's going to be back. Kimberly then, then addresses the Nitro girls and is like, you know, I, I have some business to attend to. I, I'm i leaving the group. Oh
1: no. Why would you leave us? Kimberly, no.
0: Again, when the fuck are these finals? <laughs> Maybe next week. We'll never know. You were like, "Oh, they're going to be in like Cleveland." And I'm like, "Next week's in Indianapolis." So like, yeah, Midwest, same thing. <laughs> I'm like, "You're talking out of your ass."
1: Yes, I am.
0: Let's go to our uh, only our second match of the night. Oh my god! It's the Cat versus Lash Larue, <laughs> and the Cat has ladies. He's and, got
1: bitches
0: and no Sunny Ono.
1: Bitches, but no Sunny. Sunny days ahead.
0: The Cat and Eyes in an Aloha and hits a dancing elbow drop. And the story of this match is the cat is still hurt from whatever injury he had. And then Lash locks in like a loose hold on the cat's knee. The cat taps once and it's like, yep, you lost. Like, what?
1: Oh, it was the quickest match. It yeah. was like you blink and it's over.
0: But he didn't really tap out. He just went.
1: Yeah, he didn't. Really, he didn't tap. It, it was not a tap.
0: And then we immediately go to Mike tonight interviewing Bret Hart.
1: Once again, I was wrong, though. I'm not doing well.
0: Yeah. Over oh, for two. Brett calls Sid a big, stupid dummy, like, big, twice. Big, stupid
1: dummy, Sid.
0: <laughs> Which we'll get to, because he proves that true soon.
1: What are we, back at PG WWF or something over here?
0: Listen, it's no spray-painted JBL is poopy. You're right. John Cena did that. No, no, I remember. On his limo.
1: Oh, I remember. <laughs> no, I've
0: told you. i thought not showed you this. I
1: think I've seen the clip.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, Brett calls all three of them scum. And then we go backstage. Spice tries to rally the Nitro girls. And it's like, all right, just follow me. And um, there's a power struggle brewing because we had to get her name later. It's AC Jazz. Like, oh, follow you? Why? She says
1: you're the leader? I'm like, Who made you the leader? Sh-
0: she literally is like, like second in command.
1: First of all, Spice is the only one holding down the choreography girls. You don't know what the fuck is happening. Listen, if it weren't for Spice, this ship would sink every week.
0: Listen, it's a Spice world. We're all just living <laughs> in it.
1: Spice up your world.
0: We didn't stay backstage, Kidman films Lex Luger and Miss Elizabeth talking about the brackets in a weird... They In the bottom left corner, it says Kid Cam. They're really going for like a GTV kind of feel here, just like yeah. backstage camera. But that's not the main talking point of this segment. Uh, the audio is not synced to the video. And when the segment ends... We get Liz breaking character and then them doing the clap to sync the audio. They just like left this massive production mistake in the edit.
1: Yeah, so we saw Luger and Liz kind of giggle at each other after the serious segment, and then the camera pulled out. And you see the production guy sitting on the well, floor no, under it, the animals. It like
0: hard cuts to it. Yeah, like, like they accidentally just like meant to delete. Like that was meant to be the sink, and then they just left that in by accident. They
1: even left in the production guy going, well, "And we're out."
0: Yeah, and what? The funniest thing is they left it in the sink. The segment was not synced.
1: No, wild.
0: You were saying it was badly eighty I yard, and it I was, was like, to and it. like, no, it's it's just not aligned.
1: I really thought it was badly eighty yard, but yeah, the lips do say the words that are coming through the audio, but.
0: That's probably weird. the, I mean, listen, we've had like the audio come through the headset. I think this is the, this is weirder.
1: This is the worst uh, blunder so far.
0: Yeah. Boy, I, got, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. So let's continue on these fucking weird notes. I don't want to talk about the show. Tony Schiavone says that Scott Steiner recently had back surgery and then he and Bobby throw to a hype clip and um, they have to stall first because clearly the clip wasn't ready or something because they're like, hey, do we have a clip? So let's talk about uh, Scott let's Steiner. Talk about,
1: let's talk about how great Scott is, and he's so he's such a good person in the ring. And, oh, a clip. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep Scott Steiner such a great guy. Anyway. Oh, no, we got a clip. All right.
0: So we get a, a Steiner hype package first, and then we get a pre-recorded Larry Zbysko interview with Scott Steiner, and it's like weirdly shoot, where yeah. like Scott just comes off like very innocent and like young in this. His
1: eyes look sad.
0: I know. He like he's not intense, and like why are you not? It's funny, in character
1: because there are so many points in this interview where there are innuendos that the character of Scott Steiner would have taken and run with. Yeah, there's a point where he says, "I gotta be on my back for the next twenty seven days." You're, putting, oh, come on, no, you, you're putting I'm too much character in it. Yeah, you're putting you're
0: right. too much stank into that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, come on. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna be on, on my back. Mm.
1: Like, You're not gonna make a joke that all your uh, your your genetic freaks out there are gonna come over and take care of you for 27 days. Yeah,
0: he's like, I'll be back in 11 weeks, and I'm like, no, who you, are, should, who are you should. Who Like, I should be back in the weeks, but I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. Exactly. <laughs> so who are I'll you? I'm back next week.
1: It was weird.
0: I'm like, this is either story or just weird.
1: I think it's just weird because this can't be story. No. This, yeah.
0: This. Yeah. That's
1: not his character. That is character assassination, kind of in a way.
0: A little bit. It did take a lot of mystique out of, he like, does. this, like, unstoppable badass. He's clearly on...
1: stoppable. Break his back. He's, he's stopped. Make him humble. <laughs> what? You made a Shoney's joke.
0: I think I said something like, I love to go to this man's Shoney's. He's, he's, he's going to, like, cop my meal.
1: Oh, yeah. So
0: <laughs> oh, good. So, it, apparently we're 11 weeks away from Steiner wrestling.
1: I can't imagine that we're 11 weeks away from anything. I mean. Watching this episode, you think that it's going to be canceled next week.
0: I mean, that's basically, like, mid-January.
1: I, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I recognize the words coming out of your mouth, but can you imagine eleven weeks from right now? There's no show in eleven weeks.
0: Well, let's move on to one of my favorite segments of the night. Is it? We get the Nitro Girls dancing, and they're doing the like <laughs> they're doing the like fake slaps as part of the dance. And AC Jazz just fucking blasts Spice with a forearm and just laser out.
1: Laser out for real. <laughs> it's like, like damn. <laughs>
0: like, what? Because we, we, I think we haven't had an actual Nitro Girls segment in a while. And I no, was like, oh, This okay. is giving
1: the, the Nitro Girls um, air to be, you know, actresses. They're acting.
0: Yeah, so the two brawl, and uh, we'll get a little bit more of this later. Amazing. We're going to go backstage. Mike tonight interviews Buff Bagwell, and they both mention the powers that be. Ugh. Buff says he's going to overcome two Buff zero writers. One, that's not how scoring works. Two, you've gotten your ass beat recently, so they don't have zero.
1: Right. You kind of are doing your math wrong, my friend.
0: Three, shut up.
1: <laughs> That's a different argument. <laughs> Three, go away.
0: Let's stay backstage. Kevin Nash says he's going out tonight and is clearly doing a Vince impression, but they're still not showing his face. Vince McMahon, not Vince Russo. But we will uh, we get a little well, bit of Russo spoilers. later. Also backstage, the Nitro Girls kind of continue to brawl. They kind of half-leave. Let's go to our, our third match. God, it feels like we've been going for a I while. Know, we've, uh,
1: There's
0: thanks. just so many backstage segments.
1: There have been a lot of backstage segments.
0: Yeah, we continue in the WWE title tournament. It is Buff Bagwell versus Stevie Ray. I forgot it was Stevie Ray at the time, so I heard the Harlem Heat music. I'm like, okay, good, Booker. Oh.
1: No. Oh, you wanted a good match? Oh, no, no, no.
0: We get a recap of Creative Control, as, as they've been named the Harris Brothers, attacking Buff last week. Stevie Ray says that it's now a strat match, and Buff implies that this is the work of the writers.
1: Who says it's a strat match? The writers? Shut up.
0: Commentary keeps calling Buff Bagwell the Buffer.
1: You know who we haven't seen in a while? Michael Buffer. Wow. He's, he's been... I think he no, at, he hasn't. I think he was
0: in Halloween Havoc. Was he? I don't know. Maybe. I don't
1: think so. We've
0: seen him in the past two months. He's just used We haven't seen him like. since Russo. So Stevie starts on offense and chokes Buff. Tony and Bobby note the Vince, Vince McMahon impression inbound without actually saying Vince McMahon. Like, oh, I used to work for a guy like that.
1: It's uncanny.
0: Yeah. And then um, as much as we get, our, we get a, one of our uh, uncomfortable moments of the night where they casually brawl. And then Buff throws... Stevie out of the ring, and then basically tries to hang him with the, with the strap. Uh, with the strap.
1: Yep. Where that it, happened.
0: Where admittedly it'd be a little uncomfortable if he was facing a white man, but the it's fact-
1: extremely uncomfortable because of the fact that he's a black man.
0: Yeah. So who the
1: fuck okayed that? Probably the guy that hired the Nazis. Yeah.
0: Creative control (laughs) comes down. uh, I I assume to stop it. You never know. They might might, might be encouraging it. They might just come down to cheer him on. (laughs) So Buff bails and uh, they're literally announcing who won the match and we cut away. We'll never know. I'm guessing Stevie Ray won by DQ.
1: Did I get that one right? I did not. I am zero for three. Jesus. Wow. I'm bad at wrestling. This was again. A match.
0: This this was not even a match. (laughs) Good point. Let's go backstage. Mike Tanay interviewing Jeff Jarrett and
1: Hey, did you know that um Jeff Jarrett has stroke? Did you know about that?
0: What? <laughs> Tanay asked him, like, okay, like, Liz got hit with a guitar. We I still think you hit Liz. <laughs> like, it's you. Like, can we just fucking just move on and just can say to you?
1: Admit it and go forward.
0: <laughs> so Jared says he didn't hit Liz. Of course. Jared says he's got the stroke around here, and again, I didn't do it. He also says that uh, he'll get Lex to apologize, and then basically threatens to politic to the writers. You fucking tattletale.
1: Yes. He is threatening Uh, to tattle.
0: Sorry. In my notes, I called him a narc.
1: Yes. Fucking
0: narc. I don't really get him over. We'll get a lot more Jarrett tonight and going forward. Then we get uh, Vince McMahon coming out. Oh,
1: my God. It's uncanny.
0: The crowd does not react.
1: They don't get it.
0: The thing is, he doesn't look enough like him to me.
1: He just looks like a guy. He looks more like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, than Vince McMahon. Because I don't think of Vince is having that severe of a cleft chin.
0: No. Nash they co-
1: really upped that.
0: Yeah. Like, Nash, like, like. the well, commentator like, is like, oh, I know that walk. He's not even doing the Vince walk. He's not walk.
1: doing the Vince walk. He's wearing, like, a big button-down, like, jacket. What are those called? Like, a dual lapel?
0: Double-breasted. Double-breasted.
1: That's the phrase.
0: Like Francine. <laughs> Sorry, to call back to that joke.
1: So he's wearing a double-breasted jacket and he's kind of like sauntering down the ramp, but not in any way like Vince McMahon would.
0: And we disagreed about the quality of this impression. I didn't think it was that great.
1: I thought the spoken impression was good.
0: He he slips occasionally into commentary Vince, which is but the it's closest still he gets. A
1: Vince impression.
0: But I didn't think it was great. I,
1: I thought it was good enough. I thought it was telling enough.
0: But my question is, who is this for? <laughs> who like why?
1: I think, it's, I think it's supposed to be like the people who choose to watch WCW over Raw be like, you're right, those fucking losers over there. It's uh, for the audience.
0: Honestly, I'm, I'm just going to splice it in here.
1: Now, even though I'm a promoter, and may I add the
2: most powerful man in sports entertainment today, you can rest assured that everything I do, I do for you, the fans. (laughs) Yes, it's true, and I'm a very knowledgeable man. That's why they call me. Single-handedly, I built this sports entertainment That's it. Don't call me that. I'm not that. You people are that. Unlike billionaire Ted, I didn't buy my way to the top. No, I borrowed money. That's right. I borrowed money, and I stepped on everybody on my way to the top. Of course, because of a little stock option, I myself, now am a billionaire. (laughs) (laughs) But I single-handedly put everyone out of business till I was the only show in town. I own the show. However, if you ask me straight up, I categorically will deny the acquisitions that I've got anything going on. What's that? As I said before, I'm not that. You people are. Go <laughs> well, the next card, kid. In any event, nonetheless, I stand before you tonight in this ring with a guarantee. There's that word again, guarantee. Tonight, I start, I probably stand behind the next WCW world champion Not only is he my cash cow, not only can I continue to push him as a babyface until the fans regurgitate him, he's also the roughest SOB in WCW. And not only that, someday he will work in the main event against Jeff Jarrett. He's clean, he's sober, and he has more than one catchphrase. Give it up for the trouser
1: snake, Scott Hall.
0: McMahon. Should we call him McMahon or Nash, honestly? McNash. McNash. McNash says, uh, this says this man will one day main event against Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> and, inter- okay. and introduces the trouser snake, Scott Hall. <laughs> Why? Hall then comes out, and he, I didn't get a laugh at this joke. Of uh, he says he can't follow this out because he has only one strike left in WCW, and he can't <laughs> go back to working in WWF because they won't hire him. Now That is good. Uh, Nash then takes his ponytail out of his out of the like wig at some point, <laughs> and Hall asks him who picks out his clothes, and he asks, "Do you shop it?"
1: Jacques Se <laughs> Penne. For our non-American listeners, Jacques Say Penny is a play on J.C. Penny, which is a department store here.
0: Hall says to all the boys in New York, we have your attitude right here, and they do a crotch shop, and that's the segment.
1: Ugh. Jacques Say Penny was really funny. Yeah. I'm sorry. Is that your <laughs> that was best, hilarious. Is that your best bit? It's a contender. I haven't decided on anything yet.
0: Let's go backstage. Lex and Liz agitate Meng, and like try to like direct him towards Jeff Jarrett, and there's a whole banana thing.
1: I don't like what they're doing with Meng. Making him this, like, inhuman barbarian sort of thing.
0: That, that's pretty much always I been know, his character. But I know,
1: I, I want him to, like, be a person, not a he machine. Is a, he, I no, know. I
0: would say he is a murder machine. That is his character.
1: I don't know. It just feels like dehumanizing.
0: I think it would have been fine, minus the banana.
1: Yeah, the banana made it a little more animalistic.
0: Well, I was thinking it made it a little more racist.
1: That, too. Is it racist?
0: I feel like it is.
1: It's racist adjacent, if not racist overall. Definitely not a good look.
0: I do want to see Meng. Oh wait. Well, see now I'm thinking the, when Meng does the whole like wind up for the tongue and death grip. Yeah. I'm just picturing that's his like when you're playing Super Smash Bros as Donkey Kong and he does the big wind up punch when you hold B. <laughs> okay. I think that's what it is.
1: Okay. Sure.
0: Let's stay backstage. Mike Tanay is interviewing Kurt Hennig. He says he's facing Disco Inferno tonight, and the retirement stipulation's still there. And really thought he was already the tournament, but I guess that just was just a match last week. Yeah. Not much note there, but let's go to that match. It's the disco inferno versus cool. Kurt Hennig. And what the fuck is this bullshit?
1: I am so upset. Kurt Hennig comes out to neither good old boy or I hate rap. He comes out to some generic bullshit, and I'm upset about it.
0: I don't even want to talk about the match. We should just say. We need to
1: talk about. We need to have a a memoriam for the West Texas Rednecks. I'm just imagining pictures of their faces and the videos of them playing the guitar, quote unquote, passing by the screen in black and white. I'm so glad We're on a
0: video podcast. Rap rap one, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, But Kurt's dad's here.
1: Papa Hennig.
0: Larry the Axe Hennig. Disco goes over to Kurt's dad and Kurt attacks Disco. Kurt's dad holds Disco for Kurt to hit, and then we get a big Larry chant, and I'm like, <laughs> I hey!
1: I love that the audience is coherent enough of what's going on that they will chant Larry. Like, yeah. I then, love that. And then Larry hits a punch. What a guy.
0: Disco hits a swinging neckbreaker and then a diving elbow. Kurt tries for perfect plex, but Disco avoids it, and then some guy comes out.
1: I wrote, who is this jabroni?
0: You keep using that word, jabroni. I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but who is this guy?
0: I don't know. No? Oh shit! Yeah, oh, no. I, I mean, he's I guess meant to be some sort of mafioso because Disco leaves the ring. This guy, and he's like, no, no, no! Like you need to pay me. You owe me money.
1: Fuck you! Pay me.
0: Yeah. So uh, Kurt wins by countout.
1: Did I get this one right? I did. I got one right. Hey.
0: You got the one that had the retirement stipulation right.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Even, I didn't even realize they had retirement stipulation on this match.
0: It's all of his matches.
1: Since when? Last week. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, this was... A uh, match. Yeah, it's not long. Like, these aren't long enough to have an opinion. No, right? It's just right? things.
1: It just happened.
0: Yeah, Mike Ternay interviewing Eddie Guerrero and the Filthy Animals. He actually got a pretty decent promo here. and mentions that he's going to run rings around Saturn in a line both of us liked.
1: A good fucking line. How has that never been said?
0: <laughs> well, I mean... Perry Saturn's finisher is called the Rings of Saturn. I know, but
1: in a promo sense, that is such a good line.
0: Rey Mysterio is awkwardly filming this promo that's also being filmed on camera.
1: Where is the footage that they're filming going? I don't
0: know. Well, sometimes it just shows up in the fucking feed.
1: I mean, this is pre-YouTube. Where are they uploading this?
0: I don't know. So Conan offers an open challenge for the tag team titles. He says, no, no bookers, no politics. And then, I forget how he gets there. But he's talking about his title. He's like, feel that. And Mike today reaches out to, like, touch the belt. He's like, that's enough.
1: <laughs> no, he says it better than that. He's like, feel this belt. So he goes out and reaches one hand out, touch it, and just, like, kind of taps it once. It wasn't aggressive. It was like, feel that. That's enough. Like, it's the exact same tone. It wasn't, like, aggressive or anything. It was just, that's enough.
0: I think it caught him off guard that Mike today actually reached out. <laughs>
1: Amazing. That's enough. <laughs> I loved that. I thought that was the best promo that Conan has ever, ever put on. That's enough.
0: It's better than uh, toss salads and scrambled
1: Absolutely. eggs. Hey, baby, I hear the blues
0: of Colin. Ugh. So move on. We get Norman Smiley backstage wearing baseball catcher's gear. Holland Nash are in the bathroom. Cool. Cool.
1: Just some dudes being bros.
0: And then we get a hardcore three-way dance, except it's not a three-way dance because it's just a triple threat match. It's first fall to a finish. It is Meng versus the Barbarian versus Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley has his protective gear on.
1: Okay, we need to talk about Norman Smiley in this match. Yeah. He is carrying this show. Oh, absolutely. Absolute star power in this match. Incredible.
0: Well, so Meng and the Barbarian start brawling, and Norman just watches very smartly. Ugh. Norman hits a trash can shot, but it has no no effect on Meng. Much like using Shadow Ball on a frigga. There it app.
1: is. I fucking knew it.
0: Norman hits a chair shot on the Barbarian, and then Meng hits a chair and trash can shot on both men. Then we get some Norman chance Like the crowd is into it, and like behind Norman,
1: he is killing it.
0: Barbarian tries for mop shots, doesn't do much. Everyone just kind of trades weapon shots. Norman tries for a trash can lid shot on Mang, but it still has no effect. Much like using Volt Switch on a Clodsire.
1: Somebody help me? This is a cry for help.
0: Mang and the Barbarian c- keep trading shots on each other, including a nice drop kick from Mang. Do you have a third? Norman gets another trash can shot on Mang, but much like using Hyper Bean on a Houndstone, it still has no effect. By the way, if you don't know those Pokemon, they are all from the newest game. I just realized I've not seen a giraffe rig yet. So Someone even, help me. I, I can't get a fridge giraffe.
1: Fridge giraffe. I haven't seen a fridge giraffe yet. You're right.
0: Oh, I don't think I don't think they're available in the wild. I think you need to evolve a giraffe uh,
1: Good God. I didn't realize you would have three of them.
0: <laughs> I, I had to like, literally queue up that list because <laughs> it's a separate list. I hate you. Meng pulls off Norman's mask and Jimmy Hart pulls off the chest protector. We then get big chops from the two men to Norman.
1: What is this, a salad? Because this is a chop. Like a chop salad.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I was thinking more like pork or steak.
1: Well, use the chops. Chop.
0: Yeah, I think pork chops, not chop salad. Pork chop. Ha. What is this? Ella Chunk?
1: <laughs> Someone take Pokemon away from him.
0: So the ref calls for a stretcher for Norman Smiley, and I guess just Megan the Barbarian are going to keep going. The two knock each other down in a spot I didn't even see, and they no. didn't bother replaying. Norman then gets up from the stretcher and just kind of goes back and pins the barbarian.
1: Like a fucking genius. He sees the two beat each other down on the Jumbotron and is like, wait a second. Yeah, gets off the stretcher. Amazing.
0: And once again, Norman Smiley has won a hardcore match.
1: I fucking love this man. I have turned on Norman Smiley. I,
0: I do love that Norman's gimmick right now is basically Luigi wins by doing nothing.
1: Yeah. Norman is the Luigi <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of WCW right now.
0: So then Norman gets on the announce table and does a big fucking big wiggle. Like right in the announcer's fucking face.
1: Incredible. What a match. This was actually a lot of fun. This was a great match.
0: As much we were saying, like, ah, this was another match. This was a really fun match.
1: It was fun character work.
0: Norman Smiley is saving this show. Yes. Speaking of men who aren't saving this show, backstage, Jeff Jarrett wants his public apology. (sighs) Why? And then in a unique segment, especially because one of these men has said I will never appear on television yeah backstage Jim Duggan tries to appeal to somebody off camera oh. with creative control behind him about like why he should appear on the show and kind of keep his job and um, we get a very uh, Brooklyn type voice talking to Jim Duggan and I know he's there were a he's few people... he's not he's not impressed bro you're not gonna be on television
1: I know there were a few people in our mentions that really wanted Nick to do. Uh, that
0: impression. I swear to God, you're not gonna appear on TV unless you're holding that fucking flag, <laughs> and that flag's gonna be on a goddamn pole. That's <laughs> God, that was great. <laughs> doing more of this segment than he was. Yeah, so Vince Bruce is doing a fucking Doctor Claw thing, which Emily doesn't get that reference. I <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the um, it's the off-screen character where you only see bits and pieces. Uh you referenced the Powerpuff girls where we never see the uh, the one the oh, the, the, the yeah, mayor's her. the mayor's assistant's yes. face. Uh the other one I think of is um in home improvement the neighbor you only see the like the top like above the eyes. But no, Dr. Claw, was like, you only see the like the hand. I don't know if they ever showed him. Oh, oh was- God. And then uh I'm not talking about the Matthew Broderick movie, which is horrendous. Oh no. I forget who plays what? him in that. It's nobody good.
1: Matthew Broderick done in his career that's good other than Ferris Bueller and the
0: producers? Even then, people... What
1: has he done that's good?
0: People aren't into that movie. Uh, Are producers? not producers? It's, it's one of those where it's like, um, oh, it, it's too similar to the musical. I'm like, that's well, like it.
1: It's, That's the fucking point, my friend.
0: There's actually two other movies I can think of. One of them, which is not a good movie. The other one actually is. The one that's not good is the 1998 Godzilla Oh, I've never seen it. and didn't the, know he was in it. Yep. His main quote in that is, that's a lot of fish. <laughs> where he's looking at a big pile Excellent. of fish. They're trying to bait Godzilla and there's just a big pile of fish. And his comment is, it's a lot of fish.
1: And he didn't win the Academy Award for that.
0: <laughs> the other one, um, just because we're splicing stuff in for this episode, I'm going to have to splice in uh, William Regal saying the name of this movie better than I can because he was in a little movie called War Games!
1: Oh, was he really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Which, that is happening this Saturday in Chargers. On
1: my birthday. Anyway. I get to watch wrestling on my birthday.
0: Anyway, let's move on from Matthew Broderick and French Stewart, who played Inspector Gadget and Inspector Gadget 2. So let's go back to actual Nitro. We get uh, Hall and Nash, sorry, McNash backstage. And he's like, if anybody, you know, something, they somehow get to Sid screws Sid or something. I don't give a fuck.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't remember the context of it, but they definitely made a Bret Hart joke.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, Brett
1: is in the building, like, tasteless?
0: They don't give a shit. It
1: can still be tasteless if they don't give a shit.
0: Lex talks to Meng backstage and tries to steer him towards Jeff Jarrett again. And then we get Jeff Jarrett versus Booker T and a bad theme for Jarrett. I meant to look and see if this is uh, dubbed. I'll have to look for that oh, for the next yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. It was just kind of nothing. I know he ends up with some... Like Kid Rock knockoff. I don't know if that's going to get like copyright stricken or a kid not. Kid Rock off. So Jared that's says. Really funny. So Jared says that he has Luger's total package right here, but Dick doesn't gesture at all, so it's this just awkward.
1: Crushed me. I'm sorry. I need to go on a tangent here. Um, let's oh, that's Luger.
0: that's new for this episode.
1: Jeff Jared says, "I got your package right here." In. General, when you make that kind of a statement, when you make, when you say that, you either grab your crotch or you do the DX suck it thing or you like gesture towards your penis. All he did was say, I got your package right here, and then stare down at his own junk. No, no gestures, just like head down. (sighs) Like he was
0: bowing. Or at least like hold up the guitar. Like, okay, like.
1: What the? It, it, It was like he didn't get the joke. It's like he was told to say that line and he didn't understand why. He didn't get it. Oh, it was so uncomfortable. I was infuriated.
0: Yeah. Jared says it's also time to apologize and that's not the WWF and we don't abuse women around here. You would know. Lex comes out and says that Jared is right and he's sorry and he's heard there's some rumors about who did it. Jared interrupts to just say I'm the chosen one. And Luger's <laughs> like, I, I was cutting a promo. Can so you let me <laughs> fucking continue? No. He's like, I, I might have been Meng.
1: I'm the chosen one.
0: Jared then trash talks Meng and Meng runs out. Jared bails and then calls Meng a wuss as Jared is leaving.
1: You know, the giant scary man. Total L- wuss.
0: Liz then maces Meng in a cafe breaking moment for me. Why? Because there are stories of Meng no-selling shoot mace. Oh, really? Where cops maced him or like pepper sprayed him. I don't know the difference, honestly. It's, I don't and he that. just kind of went...
1: Just snorted that (laughs) shit up. Yeah,
0: just breathed it out. Like, what the fuck? That's scary. Oh, relatedly, I uh, I did get my story wrong last week about him ripping someone's tongue out.
1: Oh, good.
0: I merged stories of him breaking off the bottom half of someone's teeth.
1: Oh. And
0: him ripping out someone's eye. Oh. So, you know, very different stories.
1: But at least he didn't rip out a tongue.
0: No, that's from The Rock's book. Yeah, there's a part in The Rock's autobiography where he talks about, um, there's two different points, where one, he talks about strangling a woman and then also trying to rip someone else's tongue out of their mouth. Amazing. Yeah.
1: Uh, amazing. Anyway.
0: Luger hits Mang with a tire iron repeatedly. And a
1: tire iron, please.
0: It's only tire iron if he's using it. I don't know. So that story is, I don't really know what the game plan there is for Luger.
1: I don't really either. I don't know what he's trying to gain here.
0: Because I thought the brackets was going to be something with Meng and Jarrett, but it's totally unrelated.
1: Yeah, and I was trying to, f- it was It was starting to seem like he was trying to get all the big baddies on his side, on um, on Luger's side, so that he could have, like, these big baddies fight for him in matches and stuff and, like, help him out. But now he's just, like, immediately turning on them, and it doesn't make any sense
0: yeah.
1: before he could even, like, use them.
0: We go backstage, filthy animals, and the revolution walk to the ring. And the audio is terrible for this. I didn't make out a word no. anyone said. No. Also, Hall and Nash knock on Sid's door. We stay backstage. Luger goes to Sting's locker room and pitches him on challenging for the tag titles. And Sting's like, I don't really care about the world title. I'm like this is. Really. He has like
1: really get convinced to do anything with the tag titles. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, wow. this is, this is
0: really putting it putting it over.
1: Really. Uh, advertising the legitimacy of these these belts
0: yeah sting reluctantly says he's in and okay. we'll get that match later let's go to our pole match key on a pole it is eddie guerrero versus forklift certified perry saturday yeah because the cage of tory is in perry just forklifts out to the ring and then he like puts her on the apron i'm like this can gonna be part of the finish and then he just, it's just not and then he just puts her on the floor and i'm like okay So, the key is on a lanyard, which will come into play (laughs) at the end of this match. Eddie Guerrero stomps Perry to start, and they bail outside. Eddie goes for the key, and Perry throws him down and hits a suplex. Eddie hits a springboard tornado DDT on Perry and goes for the key again, but Shane Douglas pushes him to the floor, and he lands on top of Billy Kidman. The filthy animals regroup, and Perry goes for the key, but Eddie stops him, and then we get a superplexed Eddie Guerrero from Perry Saturn. Pile driver to Eddie and they go outside, and then Perry goes up top to like get the key and then just decides, nah, never mind. Commentary is like, I guess I don't he understand. Wanted, I guess he wanted to hurt him more.
1: I guess, but like, why?
0: Or, or is it just like Perry said and accepted losing this match? is like, it's too much effort to keep a hostage. I just, <laughs> it's too hard. I, we don't make enough money to. We gotta, we gotta feed her. I mean, she's skinny, so not a lot, but like. Still. At least two meals a day. Yeah, wow. So. On the outside, Tori manages to like get Perry Saturn from like in, from inside the cage. She's choking him with something. I thought it was like her bra.
1: I think it's like pantyhose or something like that. Yeah, I so, don't think it was her bra. So <laughs> it's 1999. Women don't wear bras.
0: So Eddie goes up top to get the key. Oh god! He,
1: While Tori is choking out Perry, so Perry cannot interfere. Main main note there.
0: So he can't reach from the top rope. So he goes to climb the pole, and he can't climb the pole. He keeps sliding down the filthy animals then like come over to the corner to help and, and let's just
1: like go through the roster of the filthy animals. Conan, Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio. Eddie Ki- Eddie Eddie Guerrero is the tallest of the four of yeah, them. Yeah, none of them are they're, they're, they're not getting it.
0: They're no big show. They're <laughs> no not they're, they're not winning every Royal Rumble. Oh
1: my god, it was so embarrassing.
0: It was kind of hilarious.
1: It was so sad.
0: Yeah, so Eddie eventually, like, jumps and gets the key, and I really wanted him to miss the first time.
1: But they pulled out to a wide shot when Eddie finally gets the key. Tori has loosened up so much on Perry that they are both just staring at Eddie, watching him fail. And it was just like, guys, pretend. Come on.
0: I did note that somewhere a young Jack Swagger takes note of this. Oh,
1: my God. It was just so sad.
0: Yeah, so Tori is saved. Woo! (laughs) and it's interesting to watch her celebrate because it seemed like some people wanted to hug more than others (laughs) conan was really trying to get in there it's like dude back the fuck up
1: not your turn not your time buddy
0: this was a fine match nothing special it was sad (laughs) yeah my expectations have been lowered for these two
1: yeah yeah which is unfortunate because this sh- again should have been a good match. You have um, notes about that kind of a sentiment in. A oh yeah, we'll match.
0: get we'll get there later. We go there from backstage. It's uh, Hall, Sid, and and Vince Mcnash, and Mcnash says for Sid to trust him. And were they going for that somehow? This disguise has has fooled Sid. Yes. Or is that it, is entirely what they were? It going was that for or it. like PTSD. But like last yeah. time I trusted you, I got screwed. Like, and Nash has to be like. No, I, it, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm buddy, Kevin. Buddy, it's me. I'm Kevin Nash. I'm just fucking around. I'm like, why are we doing this?
1: It has to have been Sid is a stupid big man. That has to have been the joke.
0: Yeah, we are not quite at uh, Sid's famous stupid line. We'll get there within a few weeks. I'm pretty sure the way, way we're going. We get a recap of the tournament setup from last week and Sting attacking J.J. Dillon. and get Mike today interviewing Lex Luger about the next round and says he'll face either Meng or Sting. Today is like oh you know like you've kind of been associated with both and look at your your questioning's way out of line like okay he's
1: an interviewer it's his job
0: but let's go to Lex's match it's the total package and Sting against Billy Kidman and Conan with Tori Wilson Conan goes to cut a promo but Sting's music just cuts him off like, he no. says
1: let me speak on this and then it gets cut off
0: <laughs> oh it's so sad. Yeah. Sting fights off the filthy animals as Lex goes to rip off his pants, and he seems kind of annoyed that he didn't get to do his entrance.
1: He didn't get to do his total package pose off.
0: It does seem like they're building towards a Sting face turn again.
1: Yeah, you were more privy to that than I was.
0: I mean, there's a lot of baby face fire. fire. He's not wanting to really team with, with Lex Luger, and he's facing the filthy animals who are heels.
1: I mean, yeah, you're right. And
0: we've been noting, we noted how he basically got screwed last week. Yeah. So, honestly, I think he's better as a face anyway, so I'm not going to complain. I thought he had a long way to go with you.
1: He, I don't know. Everything is so, time doesn't exist in WCW, okay?
0: So Kidman and Lex pose at each other in a great spot. (laughs) And Kidman hits a dropkick. Lex apparently hurts his knee on a leapfrog where he's like clearly faking. Yeah. Luger then drops to the floor and Sting tags in, hits Stinger splashes on both men and the filthy animals run in and beat down Sting for a DQ. Luger just doesn't help Sting and Luger rolls back in the ring after the attack and and Sting pushes him in a what the fuck bro kind of way. Yeah,
1: correct. And, and like he's he's correct to do so is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, he's right.
0: Once again, kind of that face moment of like, I just got my ass kicked Dude. and you're out there, you know, being a little bitch. Where
1: the hell were you?
0: So then we go backstage, Hall and Nash basically pitch a finger poke of doom idea to Sid. Uh. That's not going to be our main event, folks.
1: Nash had a great line in like response to this. So um, Sid and Hall kind of turned to Nash and are like, so what do you think? And I wrote down his whole quote. Nash says, I'll figure I'll stay on the side and do more skit since I have this costume. Like, not like I have anything to do and no negotiating power, but (laughs) he's like, yeah, (sighs) the shoot comes through and I do like shoot Kevin a little bit. It's a little bit. Yeah.
0: I I think I mentioned this before. I need to show you a lot of um, early days TNA Kevin Nash of him with like, like lower card or like mid card X division guys. Yeah. Of him watching matches and them doing dangerous moves, and he's like, "Oh my God, no! This is oh God, this is awful. How does he protect himself?"
1: Okay, good. I like that.
0: <laughs> so anyway, backstage, Sting throws things around, and uh, he, this includes a surge cooler, but no actual watch. no actual surge that I saw.
1: Implied surge watch.
0: Implied surge. Let's continue in the in the tournament. It's Booker T versus Jeff Jarrett, which I'm like this could be a decent match. I mean, maybe Booker comes out, and Jarrett just kind of attacks him on the ramp, and they start brawling. Charles Robinson stops Jarrett from using the, the guitar before the bell and the two just keep brawling around the outside. Booker gets WCW trying to get back in the ring and then we, but we do get a spin kick from him and then a running forearm. Jarrett dumps Booker back to the floor. That seems to be his main kind of offense here is just mm-hmm. walk and brawl. Creative control appears on the ramp for some reason. I guess it's going for that Jarrett chosen one kind of gimmick.
1: I am the chosen one.
0: Booker rolls through a diving cross body from Jarrett and then we get, I guess, a little bit of a milestone for, for on this podcast. Not super related to us, but um and he doesn't make a noise, but we do get a Glargay sleeper from Jeff Jarrett. And I was like, he Hey, it's our first noise. one. I know, I was really ready for something. It's dead silent. And I'm like, Really? Come on. I was kinda waiting for one.
1: You were so excited. I was
0: gonna splice it in, send it over, send it over to Adam Bibelo. He was gonna have a great time.
1: <laughs> I think he would have loved that.
0: Yeah, nothing. Make me look like a fucking dick in front of my friends. <laughs> Booker gets out of this and locks one in of his own and then hits a bookend and a scissor kick. We get a spit-a-rooney and a Harlem sidekick. He's getting all of his moves in. Creative control then interfere. We get a guitar shot from Jarrett and he pins Booker T. Charles Robinson, I guess, decides to ignore the bit, the large bits of guitar in the ring.
1: Yeah, it's just pretend I do not see it. Yeah. What? Are, what is this debris? Must have come from the sky. Definitely the best wrestling match on the card, though. Do you agree? Wrestling.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would say so.
1: Technical work in the ring. I think this is by far the best. Yeah,
0: I do wish Jarrett actually did some more stuff in the ring, because it just kind of seemed to be walk and brawl outside and, and Booker oh, will do yeah. moves in the ring.
1: It was definitely carried by Booker, but like that's not that bad. No, yeah, yeah this, wasn't, I'm okay with that. this wasn't bad. No, not mad about it.
0: We go from that to a Goldberg interview on a film set. Notably. On the set
1: of Slam. Yes.
0: That's what it says on the graphic, interestingly enough. says He's pissed off and is going to put those three through hell in regards to Hall, Nash, and Sid. In regards to Sid, he says he's going to make Halloween Havoc look like a PTA meeting.
1: <laughs> Which I'm like, is that the same PTA meeting that Dee Malenko's been going to every week? Do they have kids at the same school?
0: Goldberg says he says the Outsiders made a mistake by leaving him breathing. Oh. Mike tonight asks if he can overcome the odds and Goldberg says he doesn't need any help and he's getting them out of the business. Okay. He's
1: going to fucking murder somebody. They
0: really seem like they implied that Goldberg was here tonight. He's not.
1: He is not. He's working. He's on set of Slam.
0: Then go backstage, Nitro Girls fight, which I'm like, weren't they leaving already? I feel like they were in the parking lot. Uh, McNash breaks it up and it's like, you need to save the cat fight for pay-per-view.
1: What was the thing that he was saying as he was winking toward the camera?
0: I think it was that.
1: No, he he, he said it twice. He's like, "Do you get it?" Like he's really trying to pull that it's a joke. He said oh, it I twice. Don't, I don't fucking. I don't know. remember.
0: Again, Mike today interviewing Evan Courageous and um, What a guy. Evan Courageous like never wrestled a woman and but uh, Medusa's pretty hot. Ugh. We did get Mike today interviewing Medusa. I'm like what the fuck?
1: Back to back. <laughs> like.
0: You need to put something in between so it wasn't clear that both of them were pre-taped. Oh, yeah. uh, But Medusa says that the powers that be are getting a kick at seeing her face men, and they should never underestimate a woman or her, if you know what she means. Don't
1: treat me like a woman. Don't treat me like a man.
0: I'm like, what the fuck? So, let's go to the match. Must we? Well, before the bell rings, both of us were like, oh, they finally changed the ramp. How did we not notice for oh, this whole yeah. show.
1: For this match, the logo is no longer on the ramp. It's the like, logo that people were tripping yeah, on and it's flipping like, on. It,
0: it's covered by something. I'm like, what the? Why? I don't know if she doesn't always know all the moves, but... Um, like,
1: don't make me do this. Emily, you want to
0: run us through this I match? I really don't. You really don't have that much more than you do.
1: <laughs> so, you know how wrestling is inherently a little bit homoerotic? What?
0: <laughs> I'm going to take I'm gonna take those words and shove them up your ass. <laughs>
1: They really leaned into it for this. This is not
0: homoerotic, Emily.
1: This is heteroerotic, I guess. But this, it's just like... This is
0: softcore porn.
1: No, it absolutely is and It's disgusting. They are grinding on each other. She's rubbing on him. He's rubbing on her, touching her butt. Like, it's disgusting.
0: Do, 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 <sighs> I know you tweeted it, but can you just read your notes for me?
1: Um, bonk, bonk, bonk. Go to horny jail. Bonk, ex- under, underlined a million times. Awful, why, ew, ew, ew.
0: Now, I did learn something about Evan Courageous here because Medusa, like, grabs his ass whole. Like, oh, not even man. his ass, like, right he like in the really hole. really
1: got in there. And
0: <laughs> no one else will ever see the, the hand motion Emily just did, <laughs> but, oh, she would have got in there with that. Um, yeah, he's into it. Medusa flirts with Courageous and the two just kind of feel each other up. She lays down, but he refuses to pin her. And she gets on top of him and makes out with him for the pin. Awful. Yeah.
1: Awful. So
0: this was again disgusting. By the way, I don't know if you mentioned it. This is part of the WCW title tournament. This is
1: exactly. That's kind of why it's extra awful. This is for the There title. Are, there are stakes. There are high stakes. Awful. Bad. I hated it. Zero out of ten. Disgusting.
0: Yeah, it wasn't good.
1: Ugh, it made me so upset. <sighs> Because I was praising Medusa so much last week. I
0: know. We really were like, oh, there's some character. And now we're like, oh, well. We're
1: championing her. We were championing her. Like, what a woman. What a woman advocating for herself. We are. Once we Dan No. Once
0: never. again, this show is making me look like a fucking dick in front of my friends.
1: Seriously. God.
0: We get a very quick cut after the bell to Good. the re- to the revolution. I think it was De Malenko saying, I just want Chris Benoit on my own, but I couldn't hear shit. So I don't know what that segment was. We'll never know. David Flair has a crowbar and is here tonight.
1: He looks psychotic, too.
0: And we get our next match in the in the title tournament. It's Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko inside a steel cage. And, Emily, why am I not hyped for this match?
1: This should be everything you want out of a match. This should be, like, this should be top five matches for you of yeah. all time. I,
0: I remember back to me going... Like I've got, I don't think they have that many matches. So, like I really like, almost like need to like savor this. And they have more matches than I thought. But it's just like, oh god, this. They're
1: not good though. Is the problem? And like they should be. Well, good. it's better
0: they're not given time. You can like.
1: You're right. They're not given time to really work with each other, even prior to Russo. Like it was. It was never. Yeah, they don't, seen they don't as have time serious. to build a story. No. This this should be everything you would want out of a wrestling match, and you were kind of dreading it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Dean starts by stopping Benoit and works him over. Benoit ali Dean into the cage and then turns that into a powerbomb. bomb. Ali-oop. Dean gets crotched on the top rope and then gets drop kicked into the cage and then we get a really hard shot from Benoit. Like, Dean Malenko like collapses. Oh, yeah. But Malenko then manages to catapult Benoit into the cage. He runs Benoit into the cage face first and then Benoit counters a move of Dean's and hits a tombstone. Benoit tries to scale the cage but Dean throws him down onto the ground and Saturn runs down to the ring, climbs a cage, and throws in the chain. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm not hype. Because it's just going to end in bullshit interference.
1: Yes. Exactly.
0: He goes to throw a chain in, but Benoit pushes Dean into the cage, which, like, bumps Perry Saturn. And Benoit ends up with the chain.
1: I mean, that was a cool moment. Like, I like that.
0: He punches Dean with it. So Dean's knocked out. And we get Benoit climbing to the top. And I don't know what it was. I just felt it in my bones that I'm like... Oh no. Oh god.
1: And your instincts were correct.
0: We get a uh, diving headbutt from the top of the cage from Chris Benoit, which uh, I'm like this should talk be cool. About this should be cool, but I'm just, no, no, I'm
1: knowing I'm, what we know.
0: I'm literally trying to think I'm like who am I fine seeing do a diving headbutt cuz even when I see Daniel Bryan do it in his old matches, I'm like, oh, "Oh god, this is like why you had to retire early."
1: Yeah. Nothing good comes of diving headbutts.
0: You know um I, know, I was going to say Christian but then Christian had to retire for a bit because of concussion related issues. And
1: yeah, nothing good. comes again, of head related n- offense. Again,
0: listen to Harley Race. What
1: did Harley Race say?
0: He basically like ma- made the diving headbutt mainstream and was like, "Please everyone stop doing this. Like, good. it's just going to fuck you up." Yes. And no one listened. Go eat his chili and listen to the man.
1: Ugh, it's just it's awful. It's hard to watch.
0: Yeah, so Benoit gets the pin, and then Perry Saturn comes in, attacks Benoit. Revolution come in, beat down Benoit, handcuff him to the ropes. Filthy animals come out, everyone brawls. David Flair comes out, hits everyone with a crowbar besides Chris Benoit. Uh, he just generally attacks the filthy animals. He kind of gets into a weird stare down with Benoit. It lets him free. Sting then comes out to attack the filthy animals. He just and just
1: bodies somebody on the ramp. Who was that? I
0: don't even know, and that's the segment. Like, there's not really an end to this.
1: Awful. What the
0: fuck was this?
1: Awful. The match itself. Embarrassing. The match itself was okay. Yeah, it was okay.
0: Just like, I'm like, no, give them there time. There was no payoff. Yeah. Like, I, the finish would have been fine, but you seem to let them build a little bit. Yeah. Just...
1: That finish was not fine for a two-minute match.
0: Look, I'm in. I'm someone who's in the camp of not really enjoying the Bret hart Owen Hart cage match from SummerSlam 94, because I think there's too many escape attempts. Mm-hmm. I think there might have been one in this match, maybe two.
1: Yeah, not yeah.
0: Benoit go, like goes to go up top, but he might have been going for yeah. the fucking headbutt. I think Dean kind of goes to leave once, but it's not like there's not enough attack. of a thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like no, that needs to these be are, part of the match. These
1: are real wrestlers.
0: Yeah.
1: That want to wrestle.
0: I like. I almost like. like okay, can we end that feud, please? Because it, it, it's well, not doing anything for anybody.
1: I mean, it's gonna end soon because those guys are gonna leave the company soon.
0: We got like another month and a half. Yeah. No, oh, sorry, two and a half months. Really? Oh, well, because you leave in mid-January. So, oh, yeah. it was
1: in mid-January. I
0: thought it was yeah. early January. So then we go backstage, and th- you can tell the production value differences. Although, I'm pretty sure he, t- he did his own stunts here. Uh, we get David Flair getting run down by a car at very slow speeds. Yeah. Kimberly gets out of the car.
1: Kimberly was driving the White Hummer. I knew it and called it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even, haven't even thought about that.
1: What, the White Hummer? Yeah.
0: I was going to say, this is not to be confused with when Kimberly had to bail out of Scott Steiner's moving car.
1: Oh, true. She has, See, she has a lot of experience with moving cars and assault. But Kimberly I, was driving the White Hummer.
0: Should, then again, are we sure that uh, her, her and Rikishi were not in cahoots? Because David Flair gets hit at like five miles an hour. Like He could have done the whole slap You're on right. the hood, I'm walking here, honestly.
1: And Com- that is the first feud that I remember being disappointed by in our watch through. The rikishi, um hitting oh. Stone Cold. Yeah. I remember that being really disappointing when I watched it. And I think that was the first time I was disappointed by wrestling. Well, I'm laughing. Wow. Well, Memories.
0: Yeah, cause I guess that was pre- before we got to the invasion. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the but, first time. but
0: yeah, this is like three weeks before Austin gets run down.
1: Wow, Vince is watching.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I guess David Flair will be gone for a while. I don't know. I don't care.
1: He's out in the field with his dad. Yeah. No no, dump no, no.
0: mention of Ric Flair tonight. No,
1: he's just he's just rotting away in a field somewhere.
0: So, we go backstage. Kevin Nash is down and Scott Hall is asking for help and medical assistance. What? And somehow we've made it to our main event. It does not what? feel like it. <laughs> How? It is Sid Vicious versus Scott Hall. And, um, yeah, it's the last of the first round of the WCW title tournament. Match starts, and they do the finger poke spot, but when Sid goes to pin Hall, Hall locks in an inside cradle and tries to pin Sid, and I was like, oh, I...
1: If that was the pin, amazing. I
0: I would have laughed my ass off.
1: Amazing. Especially
0: because you're playing it like Sid's dumb. Like, I feel like you really could... Just don't have this be the main event. Yeah. I don't know what you have be the main event, but... This
1: shouldn't have been the main
0: event. Yeah. So Sid gets pissed off about this, starts working over Hall. We get a backbreaker from Sid, and he starts trash-talking, and... Doesn't Hogan Ear Cup, for some reason, we didn't get big Goldberg chants, and um, they start talking about Goldberg being on the set of Ready to Rumble.
1: So, the graphic said slam. Yeah. Tony Schiavone said Ready to Rumble. I don't know. So, something changed between the production and finalizing of the Goldberg interview video and the taping of this show, but they didn't go back and change the graphic.
0: I don't know, Matt. We get a cobra clutch from Sid and Hall starts a comeback. Then get a ref bump and a choke slam from Sid.
1: Refs are glass.
0: Bret Hart comes out on crutches. He breaks one over Sid and spits at Hall, but misses his crutch shot once again. Doesn't hit him.
1: Interesting.
0: Hall then sneaks around and pins Sid, and uh, leaves with the U.S. title as well.
1: So Bret Hart is the champion?
0: No, no, no. Hall leaves the title. Oh, Hall leaves the title. Well, Bret Hart is the actual champion.
1: I'm losing track, honestly.
0: Hart is the actual champion, but he was saying it still should be Goldberg's because he beat Goldberg by bullshit.
1: Instead of saying it's rightfully his. Yeah, because
0: he never got pinned to the pay-per-view. This is so confusing. Yeah, so you know what I'd love? Fucking J.J. Dillon to come out and be like, no, you're not the champion. Yeah, right? But, oh, that's it.
1: And that's our show. You can follow us on Twitter, at in the Pod. (laughs) No, we got to do
0: things first. But, yeah, this was just a lackluster show that didn't have much impact.
1: It was really bad. And as I said, it was hard to get through.
0: Yeah, this was Scott Hall's return, like, first batch in, You're like, right. ten months almost. And, <sighs> yeah, they what they, they did very little back. to hype it up.
1: Yeah, there was no pomp and circumstance to that.
0: Any, uh, any other thoughts on this? I mean, people were... I still get people were saying this was a good show. I don't get that. Yeah.
1: This was a bad show. Yeah. Don't let that be confused. There were some slight, slight glimmers of light in this, but it was a bad show. I did not enjoy watching it. I did not feel better when i finished watching the show. It was just bad.
0: Yeah. Well, let's try to find a best bit, worst bit and MVP.
1: Oh, i've got all three.
0: Okay, so do i. Emily, what do you got for best bit?
1: <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> or the uh, triple threat match that followed.
0: Well, i'm giving mine to the hardcore three-way dance. It was definitely the most fun on the show and i'm really digging the Norman Smiley story oh, we're doing. Yeah. Like i I. It definitely. Like. I. I know they bring in the hardcore title at some point, and I'm definitely looking forward to him being part of that.
1: Ugh. He is fun. I do like yeah. him in the hardcore division. He. He's a lot of fun to watch right now.
0: Yeah. I, I think uh, when we do the next awards, and honestly, it'd probably be fucking Norman right now. But just we'll have to do a um like most improved or like most improved to us kind of thing of like okay like like who who did we turn around on? Yeah. Like one way, I guess both directions. Who did we turn our backs on, and who were like, oh, okay,
1: yeah,
0: Emily? What is your worst bit? Do
1: you even
0: have to ask? I, I, I there's two options. It's
1: the Medusa courageous match.
0: Okay, I'm I'm doing Nash's Vince McMahon. Oh, I didn't
1: think it was that bad. It, you were so offended by that. It
0: it ate up so much TV time, mm-hmm. and the joke got played out almost immediately. Yeah, and you hyped up the joke for like. Four segments And I'm like Guys no, It's, it's right not there. that funny And then Emily who is your MVP
1: Norman Yes
0: That is the correct answer
1: Yeah Is Was there even Another option
0: I, You know I was thinking I don't, I don't think there was
1: No It's Norman Norman my leg
0: <sighs> Well I guess that's it for uh, We did it <laughs> Yeah We're on the road To mayhem We got some more t- uh, Tournament matches Next week They really would hyped up the next rounds Next week But They
1: didn't hype up Anything Yeah Sorry, we went on a lot of tangents. Um, hope they were entertaining.
0: Yeah, this will still be like a normal length episode. Looks I know.
1: Like. I mean, that's why I wasn't all that mad about us going off because, yeah. like, we didn't have a lot to say.
0: But until the next episode, which will probably be in about two weeks, you can follow us on Twitter if that's still a thing.
1: We'll see. And
0: Instagram at Butts in the Pod, and on Facebook at the Butts Seats Podcast.
1: If anything changes with Twitter and the platform does actually die, we will post about where we're posting all the updates on Facebook. Yeah, I It'll will, probably be two Facebook. I, I will
0: splice it in if it demons die before 100%. in the next weekend.
1: <laughs> you never know. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: And you can listen to all of our back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Uh, there will be a day in the upcoming month or so where like, we'll probably be down for a day, but... We'll tweet about that just because we need to switch our hosting site as mentioned on the last episode. Fun times. Yeah. Emily, any uh, closing thoughts before we get out of here?
1: To those in the States, I hope you have or had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. To those not in the States, I hope you're getting ready for the holiday season to come.
0: And we'll close out on, uh, I have to ask you, we mentioned it on this, which Scarlet and Violet starter did you pick?
1: Uh, I'm playing Violet, and my starter was Fuey And
0: I did I did Scarlet, and I picked Mr. Quacksley.
1: He His fully evolved form is so silly.
0: Hopefully by the next episode, both of us will have beaten the Elite Four. But uh, until then, I'm Nick. I am Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts in the Seas podcast.
1: Bye.